Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Today, you have found us in week three of our series on boldness. Everybody say boldness. Boldness. Um, And uh, I I just want to say right out the gate, I have seen some bold movement amongst us. A matter of fact, um, one of our very own members, Miss Donna, called me a couple weeks ago when we, right after we had started this series, and she said um, she works in the medical field, and she she told me this story that months ago she had. uh, helped this lady that had come in, and uh, this lady, little did Donna know, uh, was having suicidal thoughts. She, she had lost all hope. She had lost all peace. But the kind, now this was months ago, the kindness that Miss Donna showed her, um, come to find out, just a couple weeks ago, she came back for another appointment. She said, Let me tell you something. The last time we met, I was praying today. I was praying that you would be here because last time I was here, I had no more hope. I didn't want to live anymore. And and no one showed me the kindness that you had showed me. Nobody showed me, nobody ever in my life showed me the love and grace and mercy that you extended just in um, the transaction, the the engagement she had. And I was just praying that you would be here today. And Miss Donna, who um, will admittedly tell you this was out of character for her in boldness, said, let me tell you about the God I serve. Not, it's not allowed in the medical field. It's not allowed in many places. But she, in boldness, She in boldness said, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. And so um, if you have testimonies of how God is using you in boldness, I I would love to hear it. Uh, We talked just about amazing boldness. We've been talking about Peter and John. So you can turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. We're there again today as we look at Peter and John and their boldness. And um, we found out the very first week, and this kind of the theme of this whole series is that boldness is born, is behavior born out of belief. That we become bold when we believe something deeply. For instance, and today, uh, so the first week was amazing boldness. Last week, we prayed boldly. We talked about praying boldly, not for just the little things Help me wake up in the morning, which is kind of a big thing. But we lay down at night and we say, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. 
And, and, and we kind of regurgitate prayers maybe we've been saying for a very long time. But the word encouraged us last week to pray big prayers. For restoration in marriages. For healing of the sick. For the end of racial injustice. Big prayers. And this week we're talking about bold speaking. And, I, and I've got to tell you... Um, and, and I can speak this very boldly. I hate snakes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not alone. I hate. And I'll boldly say it. I cannot stand a snake. I don't care what color it is. It doesn't matter. Don't like them. Oh, but they eat the rats or they... No. 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 The snake led us into sin, and since then, I don't trust them. They end up in places they're not supposed to be. Car compartments in my house. God forbid it. I hate a snake. So much so, um, so much so that uh, when I was uh, living in Tennessee, they have lots of snakes in Tennessee. Lots of, all kinds of snakes. And so what I would do at my apartment is if I found a snake, because I would, there must have been a little den of snakes near my house. And maybe the Lord was testing my tongue. I don't know, because you you know what happens when you stumble on a snake. (laughs) Oh, you won't admit it in church. It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) Just pray your pastor's not around, right? You know, um, there must have been a den of snakes. So what I would do is I'd kill them. That's what you do with snakes. You kill them. And I'd take that chopped up snake and i hang it on a tree. Now look, there's people watching online and they're saying, well, can I speak boldly for a second? We've got people that would protect the life of a baby koala before they'd protect the unborn. Well, it's okay if I speak boldly today. So I'd take said snake, I'd pin him up on a tree to let all the other snakes know what's coming. Yeah. It didn't work. Because they're sinful. No. Um, but in a culture, that, because it, it's not politically correct, I guess, for me to kill a snake, um, or kill animals, you know. Um, it, it, our culture has gotten to a point where, and, and this politically correctness that we've got, gotten has filtered into the church. It's filtered into the church. And how do you know that? Because um, most of us uh, no longer speak boldly about our faith. And, and, and a lot of the excuses we'll use would be something like, well, I'll just live my life like Christ. Okay, I'll just, I'll show them with my life, which is a great place to start. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying it shouldn't stop there. For instance, me and Woodrow here, we go on a walk, okay? We go on a walk. I don't like snakes. I see a snake because I'm honed in. I know what they look like. I can see them. Woodrow's walking up on said snake. 
but I'm just going to boldly speak with my life and walk to the other side of the road. But I don't say a daggone thing to Woodrow. Now say that snake's a copperhead or rattlesnake. You ever seen a, a copperhead or rattlesnake bite? Man, those things blow up the size of elephants. Bad, bad news. You can lose limbs. You can lose your life. Is it enough for me at that point to just live my life for Christ? Or, or should I have spoke up boldly and said, watch out for that snake? Well, there are times when maybe, maybe, there are times when living your life Christ-like is, is all you can do. But there comes a time as a Christian where you have to speak boldly. It's not enough just to live it. you got to speak it. you got to say it. And so what I want to talk about today, considering we've talked that a boldness is behavior born out of belief, I want to just say we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. I believe deeply that I don't like snakes, and so I will shout <clears throat> and scream, maybe. But I also believe that Jesus Christ is the answer that we need today. I also believe that life starts in the womb. I also believe that every life is valuable. No matter what skin color you are. Right? Right? I also believe that it is the Christian's job to stand up for injustice when it is present. And we should be able to step back long enough and look at the grace and mercy that the cross gave us and extend it to others. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We see it here in Acts. In Acts 9.28, So Saul moved out, moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Acts 14.3, so Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, what? Speaking boldly for the Lord. <clears throat> and then in Acts 4.31, which we just read last week, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I stop for just a second to tell you that the, the more you are full of the Holy Spirit, the more boldness that will come on you. <clears throat> you lack boldness. You may lack deep belief. You may not actually believe it. Let me stop there for a second and let that sink in. Why don't you speak boldly? Why don't you pray bold prayers? Well, maybe it's because you don't believe it. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Bold speaking. In Acts 4.16, which is where we'll start today, and you can read this along with me. Acts 4, and starting in verse 16, we're going to read through 20. What should we do with these men? <clears throat> they asked each other. We can't deny. Everybody say, can't deny it. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them 
not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never speak, uh, never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I love Peter and John's boldness here. Watch what they said. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. You know what they said? They said, I can't stop. In the Greek, that literally means it is impossible for me to keep my mouth shut about what I've seen and heard. It's impossible. Why are you yelling at me, preacher? I'm a little excited this morning. I'm a little excited because I deeply believe what's in this book. Hear me today. I deeply believe that this book is the inspired word of God, profitable to teach, to preach, to shape us, to knock my notes in the floor. I truly believe it. Just to give you some background, in case this is your first Sunday, this may be your first Sunday online. Um, I know we've got some visitors in the room. Peter and John came across a crippled beggar. Okay, so if you've, you've been here, you know the story. Crippled beggar. 40 years crippled beggar. Long time. Everybody in town knew, hey, this guy's a crippled beggar. He doesn't walk. They walk by this guy. He looks at them, the crippled beggar looks at them and says, hey, can, can I have some money? Peter and John look at him and said, look, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, what I have, give I thee. That's the KJV. That's how I memorized it as a kid, so that's the only way I can regurgitate it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now, how about that? Hey, bro, can I get a 20? No, but let me heal your marriage. I've got that. What if we walked around speaking boldly? What if we walked around actually believing the things we come to church and sit and listen to? What if we walked around and, and a friend says, hey, can you give me a lift? And you say, I don't, I can't, I don't have time. But what I can do, let me pray boldly for your family. For the salvation of your children. And so they, this guy gets up and walks. Walks all through town. And people are saying, what's happening here? And, and these religious folks, this is what they said. They said, I can't believe, I don't understand what I'm seeing, but we can't deny it. Have you ever been there? I can't understand it, I don't believe it. But I cannot deny what the Lord has done. <laughs> we'll go to a movie or a restaurant. And we'll just rant and rave. We'll just, whoo, that, those wings, boy. You got to go to this place downtown. They've got the best wings. You've really got to go see this movie. We'll speak very boldly. You've got to go. But then when it comes to the things of God, it seems like, we get zipped up and we don't say anything despite the fact 
that when you've experienced the goodness of God, you just cannot keep me quiet. See, you do not understand this morning. Let me, let me explain what you don't understand and why I'm a little hopped up this morning. You don't know. You don't know the sin he saved me from. You weren't there. You weren't there when we were a young married couple in ministry and we could not figure things out at home. We could not figure it out. And the Lord came in and healed our marriage. You, you don't understand. I, I, and, and look, I look at it sometimes and I say, oh my God, I don't get it. But I can't deny it. I can't deny it. You can't keep me quiet. You can't keep me quiet. When, it, when, when, when I begin to think of the Lord and all that he has done for me. Maybe, maybe that's the cure for some of us today. Maybe you're wondering, <clears throat> Carl, I want to speak boldly. Pastor, I really, I want to do that. Maybe you start by just remembering. What has he brought you from? When has he walked with you when no one else would? When has he provided? I would love to hear testimonies about, hey, my marriage was a wreck, but God healed it. I never tithed before, but I started tithing. All of a sudden, my bills were paid on time. I was addicted to drugs and kids. I can't deny the power of God. What would happen if you just started to remember, and maybe you've forgotten today, the depths of sin from which he has saved you? Don't go to sleep on me yet. I can't go to sleep, Pastor. You keep yelling. That's why. That's why. Okay. Four things, very quickly. Four things that I believe very deeply that I think... <clears throat> Will, that will help us to speak boldly. And, and number one is this. I can't help but speak boldly to myself. I can't help but speak boldly to myself. First Samuel 30 and verse 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Sometimes in life, you are just going to need to preach to yourself. There are going to come seasons and situations where you are going to need to boldly speak and proclaim the word of God over your mind and your heart. Many of us today, I think, give weight to the wrong voices. Let me explain. I think many of us, um, well, oftentimes when we run into seasons that, that, are, that are hard or tough, um, we will go to people who have no eternal hope for us, okay? People who aren't looking out for our soul or our eternity, People who will just look at us right here and right now, and that's the only advice they will give us. But can I tell you that we need to give weight to the right voices and the right words. So this means that when I am going through and I am feeling overwhelmed, I need to preach to myself, I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. Not by my might, not by my power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. I need to just speak that over myself. If I'm feeling afraid, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of sound mind. If I'm anxious, I can just say, Carl, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. If I feel weak, God will be made strong in my weakness. I need to preach it over myself and not run to voices that have no, um, they're not helpful. They're just not helpful. Number two, I can't help but encourage you. So I can't help but speak boldly to myself. Number two, I can't help but encourage you. Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. I try my very best to be an encourager. And I think as Christians, we are called to... Thank you, brother. You are a sweetheart. Um... Everybody give it up for Ricky. Yeah, his wife thinks that's a, that's a good idea too. My wife says I'm a slob. She's right. <clears throat> if you're watching online, welcome. Welcome to the real thing. This is, I don't get a second take after that, so... Uh, Have you ever had somebody, an, an encourager in your life? Have you ever had somebody that you could go to and they would say, hey, listen, God made you the way he made you, and he's going to use you even when it looked like things were going downhill real quick. I try to encourage my wife. I try and encourage my kids. Macy, you're so talented and bright. If you could just keep your mouth shut sometimes. <laughs> we'll talk about that encouragement in a minute. Have you ever had somebody that just comes up to you and says, man, just be confident in this, that he will complete what he starts in you. Some of us need to just be encouraged. So can I encourage you this morning? Just, I just want to take two seconds to encourage you. Don't give up. I don't know what you're facing today, but I can tell you, don't give up. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on getting debt free. Don't give up in the battle. Don't stop dreaming. God has placed you right where he's placed you in this season to do a work through you. Everybody in this room, I'm not just preaching to, to even those online, wherever you're sitting, God has designed you and placed you right now, even in this service, to hear these words. God has created you with a purpose for today. Otherwise, you would not be here. Yeah. Number three, I can't help but lovingly correct you. I need to speak boldly over myself. I need to speak bold encouragement to those around me. And no one likes this part. In fact, you don't see it in church a lot today, but I can't help 
but lovingly, everybody say lovingly, correct you. Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Many of you right this very moment when I said correct, this is what came to your mind. Oh, I don't, that's not my personality. That's not my personality, Pastor. I don't, I don't do that. I, I don't even enjoy doing that. And, and can I just be transparent with you? No one enjoys correcting someone. But I, I want to be very clear. The key word here is loving correction. If you want to talk about a place where the church has gotten it wrong over the years, it's that we correct with a strong hand without realizing the loving correction God gives us with grace and mercy. And we seem to get some kind of high horse and correct people with a strong arm. That is not a picture of loving correction. The Bible talks frequently. A matter of fact, you've probably heard it quoted from Matthew that where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst. Now in most in most uh, in most of my upbringing, they'd quote that at the beginning of church. They'd quote it at the beginning of church just to to, to I guess, get us to think, well, the Lord's here because a couple of us got together. But in context, you know what the scripture was talking about? Correction. Discipline. The Bible in Matthew, I believe it's 18, when he says two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst. He's talking about correcting your brothers in Christ. That his presence is actually amidst the correction and should be. And let me tell you something. If, if you don't have people in your life that don't, that, that don't love you enough to correct you, you need to get new people. You need to get new people. Because listen, we should be speaking boldly about the things we believe deeply. If you see someone falling into addiction, if you see, see, see someone, I, I remember a time in Tennessee, I had so many experiences in Tennessee, let me tell you, I, I bring it up a lot because, man, Tennessee's a wild place, I'll tell you, uh, crazy, yeah, yeah, I know, Woody came out of Tennessee. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> a buddy of mine um, married, kids, um, started seeing a woman uh, behind his parent, his, his, his family's back. Okay. <clears throat> this is a church brother. It's not just somebody I worked with. This is somebody I went to church with. And I had to boldly, and, and this is out of love for him, I had to go to him and say, hey, listen, brother, you're headed down a bad road. And you remember the day that you stood before your wife and God and promised yourself to her. So you need to stop, go home, be a good husband, be a good father. And I'm saying this because I love you. Of course, I wasn't yelling because I wasn't preaching. Um, but the loving 
And, and it took him a couple weeks. But can I tell you that he went back. He went back. And I think that's loving to do if you see someone strain. It's loving to correct them. And just frankly, I think many of us today um, probably have some correcting that we need. We need someone in our life to call us out on it. I have our elder board um, does that for me. I have friends outside of the church that hold me accountable to being what I proclaim to be. You need that in your life. Hear me. And look, when somebody comes to your door with some correction um, or an opportunity to, to um, be better, to make a turnaround, accept that. Accept it. Love it. Because they are caring for you. And then lastly, I can't help but lead you toward Christ. Acts 4.20, the very last verse, says, For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I got some questions uh, as we were going through that season of recording about why I was giving a, uh, uh, an invitation every week. And the simple answer is this. Jesus changed my life. I've been changed. Hear me this morning. I've been changed. You wouldn't recognize the man I used to be. You wouldn't recognize him. A couple reasons. I put on some weight. <laughs> all my all those friends from high school watching the live stream this morning they're like yeah I remember Carl he's somewhere in there yeah but aside from that I used to be angry is it okay if I just tell you about me for a second I used to be angry I was angry at everything mostly because my dad left but I wouldn't tell anybody that. I was not dependable. I was not a dependable person. I would commit to things and then I would fall through. Always. There are many people who watched me through that journey who will testify to that. I was a liar. I was only concerned with myself. And the greatest question we face in life is how does that guy become the man that you're seeing today? Well, let me tell you, there was a cross. There was a cross. And I, my soul, was actively warring against the God of all creation. Now, let, 
the testimony I'm giving you this morning, I grew up in church. And God, many, many years before I was ever here, took my sin and he took my shame. And I remember, I don't remember the day or the moment. I, I just remember a season of my life where there was a shift. Where I went from being Carl-centered to being concerned with what the Lord had to say. So there's many watching and maybe many in this room that would say, man, I, I, don't, I don't know the day or the hour, and that's okay. That's okay. I grew up in churches where Brother Billy Joe would jump up from the back and say, I remember, we, we used to have testimony nights. The whole service was people standing up. I don't know. I, I, kind of, I enjoyed it. We might have one right now. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Maybe on a Sunday night, though. I, 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 Billy Joe would say, I remember the day. I, and my grandpa was this way. My grandpa would tell the story of he was driving down a road, and he remembered the day. He remembered the hour, and he remembered pulling over next to this field and giving his heart to the Lord. And praise God for that. But what I can tell you today is that by having people around me that spoke boldly into my life, because if I'm just really transparent with you this morning, most of us um, surround ourselves with people who believe the same things we do. Okay? Now, what I mean by that is this. Uh, it's hard to grow in your faith uh, if all you have is people patting you on the back. It's hard to grow in your faith when nobody's stretching you. And I had people that stretched me and loved me despite me. And I can tell you in this very moment, it wasn't therapy. I've been to therapy. I didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps. There was no medicine. There was no 10 best ways to be a better man on a website blog that did it. Two thousand years ago, a man died on a cross, took all my sin, and he rose on the third day. And he took me from being dead to being alive. Wow. If you don't know that feeling, then you'll never understand the tears in my eyes currently because I went from being dead sitting in a church pew to being alive in Christ. And now all of a sudden, I'm not as selfish. <laughs> He's still working that out. I'm not as angry. 
I'm still a work in progress, but one thing I can speak boldly to you today is that Jesus Christ is, is inviting you into this. Jesus Christ is the answer you are looking for. If you want to be a better husband, it's Jesus. If you want to be a better wife, it's Jesus. If you want to be a part of the, the changing of, of our current culture, it's Jesus. Yeah, it starts there, and it starts right here. Yeah, go ahead and poke yourself in the chest. Wherever you're sitting today, can I speak boldly just for a moment and tell you that it's, if you want to see change in your marriage, you want to see change in your homes, you want to see your kids grow up godly, you want to see our black and white brothers reconciled to each other, it starts right in your heart by allowing Jesus to be king. We need to, we will speak boldly about what we believe deeply. And as Greg sings a chorus, I want you just to take a moment and reflect on God's word, on Peter and John, and the fact that they said, hey, listen, I cannot stop telling of what I have seen and heard. And my prayer today, and my bold prayer this week has been, that God would do things in your life that you would say, I don't understand it, but I cannot deny it. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.